I've seen a girl who had like 10,000 Instagram followers. And I just thought it was the coolest thing that she was getting like these, these brand deals, whatever. And I was like, like fuck it. Like I, I can do it. And so I just committed, started posting every day on Instagram and just slowly came to the belief that um, like you should live online more. Welcome to Behind the Thread, the podcast where we have conversations with your favorite content creators on Twitter so you can learn more about the person behind the tweets. Okay, so on this episode, we have Zach Pogrob. Zach is without doubt one of my favorite follows on Instagram and Twitter. He is my daily source of motivation and he really just gives solid advice on topics ranging from overcoming procrastination to diving deeper into your passion and just going after what you want in life. His Instagram account, which is called Behavior Hack, has close to 200,000 followers. He's also the founder of Peak Photo Booths, an innovative photo booth company that brings fun moments to weddings in the New Jersey and New York areas. When I invited Zach to come on the pod, it's because I really enjoyed his tweets and Instagram posts, but recording this episode with him, I really came to respect his overall approach to business. It's just a great story of someone who has repeatedly shown up and done the work over a long period of time. Let me say this before we get into the episode. If you're an aspiring entrepreneur or someone that is just going after what they want in life and on that journey, definitely give this episode a listen. You won't regret it. Anyway, that's enough from me. Behind the Thread, episode 17 with Zach Pogrob. Let's get into it. We have the one, the only, Zach Pogrob. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Good pronunciation. That was like 99% perfect. That was, that was oh, perfect. okay. Wait, what? Like, how do you say it? Like, I want to oh, get Pogrob, Pogrob. Pogrob. You, okay. you did it really perfectly. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, cool. So really excited to get you on. the. I think when I was researching you, when I first even found out about you, I was kind of blown away by like the number of things that you do. Like, obviously you tweet a lot on Twitter. You have a big Instagram following, Behavior Hack. I know that you also run businesses, peak photo booths. So can you kind of just, to begin, give everyone just a breakdown of like who Zach Pogrob is, like what you're working on at the moment, kind of all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. So, you know, my, my two things, I guess I, I do most of my time. Right now, most of my time is spent on my business, peak photo booths, basically a modern type of photo booth company for weddings and other types of events. But we're doing it in a really unique way, and I'm happy to talk about that if you'd like to. And then other than that, I have my biggest platform is Instagram, a little under 200,000 followers there, uh, where I post stuff on there almost daily. And, you know, I tweet as well. Very similar content. Uh, most of it's just transferred over from one or the other. And uh, yeah, so content and the company, and that's really most of my time right now. I'm curious, like, how do all these things fit together? Like, does the content business drive like leads for your like the photo booth like peak mm. photo booths like what is like the overall strategy like what is the sequence of how this these things came together yeah so so i started the photo booth company first about four or five years ago no crazy story there i worked for someone who did something really similar and then went upstate to school where there was like nothing like it and started that there and the content started about three years ago i started posting on instagram and to answer your question they, they don't really right now they don't really have anything to do with each other honestly they're completely separate and I like I, I do like that i i like having this business that i don't have to be posting every day for and i like that it's separate yeah and i could talk more about that if you want 
Yeah, to be honest, I definitely want to talk about I definitely want to talk about the business, but let's let's start here, which is I'm curious like what made you if there's no kind of interaction between the business and the like your kind of personal following and your online brand, like what made you get into like the content game and doing yeah. all that stuff? Yeah, so you know, it's a funny story actually. I I was always into like content, like I loved like Christian Guzman, you know him on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, love watching stuff like years ago. And I remember I was seeing a girl at the time who I had. I told the story on a few podcasts, but I was seeing a girl who had like ten thousand Instagram followers. And I just thought it was the coolest thing that she was getting like these these brand deals, whatever. And I was like, like fuck it, like I I can do it. And so I just committed, <laughs> started posting every day on Instagram, and just slowly came to the belief that um like you should live online more and you should have like this you should like for me it's a very 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 long-term thing i plan to post online for decades until i'm done you know until i'm like all right i'm done with this game but i i really don't ever plan on stopping there's no specific end goal and i just think it's a way more people should live their lives like you think about even just having a thousand followers that are you know true real people on a platform it's like like i've said before like content is like a investment it's like a compounding investment in your social capital like fancy words, but basically like you build this thing and over time, it just creates more opportunities for you to do whatever you want to do. And so my end goal with content, I would love to have a bunch of companies built around me, built around just my life and who I am. So people have done that really well or like people like Jocko Willink, like if you really break down his business model, it's unbelievable and how he's like monetized everything he's doing in a very, you know, almost clever, but not just clever, but just like authentic way. But first I want to actually do a real thing. And that real thing is building this photo company and, you know, having a successful exit or finish with it or just keep building it. And yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I really resonate with that because I think there's like this phenomenon and I don't know exactly who inspired it. I think for me, I look a lot towards Naval Ravikant, like his tweet thread, how to get rich without getting lucky, where it's like, if you think about traditionally how people think about a business it's usually a product or a service and i think kind of the new the new wave that i'm seeing on twitter and people building businesses online it's like they are the product or service like they're the center Mm -hmm. of the business and then there's all these different like offshoots it might be like their their instagram page their twitter they have like a few other businesses that they have holdings in and it's kind of like this there's like this flywheel And it's like this compounding effect and what they're posting on Twitter is also feeding into their Instagram, which then drives more leads to that. Like it's this really nice system. I'm really curious about one thing that you said, which is you wanted to build something like real, I think is what you said first. Like you wanted Mm -hmm. to, like why, like what did you mean by that? Like I even find the wording like interesting. Like what do you mean by that? Yeah. Like I, I just don't resonate with some of the things like people sell online in relating mm-hmm. to content and related to their content. And like, so a good story is like when COVID happened, my business was, was pretty affected. And that's when I spent a lot of time building the content, which, you know, I think, I think was a good investment. But in that time, like I sold some merch, which actually did like crazy well, considering the amount of followers I had at the time I had like, you know, 50,000 ish followers and did I think really well with this merch launch. But you know what I mean? Just like different, like digital products and like coaching services that i just think are are, i wouldn't feel good selling them and Mm -hmm. so like when covid happened i considered doing more of that stuff because i have this big following right but i just i I don't know i i i think i've heard this once and it's like 
you can make that quick money, but the money you'll make and the impact you'll have waiting and doing something that's really true to you and selling something you believe in is a lot more valuable. But I don't, I don't think many people do that. And so for me, building something real is just building this company where I don't need anything from the people I'm making content for. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not selling anything on that page, Instagram, and not right now at least. And but I, I wouldn't plan to unless it's something truly like authentic to me. You know, something I really mm-hmm. believe in. Yeah. You know what's so That's interesting? What I, mean. like, I like the idea. We... Sorry to interrupt you, brother. Go I ahead, like I like I like the idea of just having not relying on creating content. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like something. It's like you know more. I mean? It's like you're just doing it for like the joy of it, almost like you're just doing it for the passion, yeah. rather than like having to get something back. Hundred percent. Okay. Nice. Okay. No, I was going to say it's interesting because even before we started recording. We were talking about, we actually met, which I completely forgot, <laughs> but we met at like a Web3, like 1.37 PM, like football or soccer event. Well then shout out, shout out football critters. That's the NFT project to like put it on yeah. 1.37. Yeah, for sure. And I remember because I actually got Tyler Schmidt, general manager at 1.37. He came on the podcast a few months ago. And one of the things that he was speaking about is like stacking chips like building leverage over time and the fact that like if you just put value into the world without expecting something in return it's like you're stacking these chips you're building your reputation and the problem that a lot of people come across is they start stacking the chips they get some initial success and then they're instantly like trying to take the chips off the table like they're instantly mm-hmm. trying to like cash them in like okay i have a few followers here's my course, like here, buy this thing. Like they're instantly trying to do the sell. Yeah. And so I think it's, I think it's interesting what you're saying, which is like, you're, you're, you don't want to do the sell too early. Like you want to build that leverage over time. But I'm curious, like, is there, when you got into the content game and you started doing this, was there like an end goal in mind? Was there like, um, was there a point when you're like, okay, I'm going to cash it in but I'm just waiting for this moment. No, no, it's just, I, I think uh, there's no end goal. Well, the, the end goal is like the vision I talked about, which is like someone like Jocko, like I love, like he's like a model for me, like not just like the stuff he puts out, which is like, um, you know, I love his message, but just like the way he's built his life. Like it, there's a really good video. You should look, check it out if you're listening to this or you should check it out too. It's, it's, it's under, I'm almost positive it's on like the Jocko supplement channel, like one of his supplement brand, brands, but just search day in the life, Jocko Willink and he has an unexpected day in the life. Like you wouldn't expect it. Like he, he wakes up, he goes, I, I'm going to mess, mess up the schedule, but like he wakes up, he goes surfing, he spends most of his day reading and then, you know, he trains jujitsu and then, you know, he works on his companies and like he also, like I know someone who's going on a, re, a retreat with Jocko. It's probably one of his most highest ticket products, but he basically, there's like 20 spots and you pay and you go out to this retreat with Jocko for two days, Jocko and his team and you, you talk about leadership and like, how cool is that? Like, that must be so fun for Jocko to do, you know? Mm. And, like, I like the way he's built his life. Mm. I so think if that's I so, have an end goal, like, that would be it. I think it, it's interesting because I started, I did this exercise a few weeks ago where I was like, okay, say I had, say maybe we're a few years down the line or whatever, I have my ideal life. Like, what, if I had to write it out, like, what would it be? And I think the consistent thread throughout what I wrote it's just being like in control of your time. It's like, you don't have to really do anything. Like if it's Monday morning and you're feeling really productive, then you can work on your business. But like, if you're kind of like, I feel like I need kind of a, a walk maybe, 
like I need to, or I need to go surfing like Jocko does. <laughs> then you you yeah, also maybe. have the the optionality to like do that as well. I'm curious mm-hmm. from your perspective. You you said Jocko is kind of like someone that you look to. How do you think you actually build a life like that? Because I think there's a lot of people that want to be in control of their schedule, but it's like, how do you even go about doing that? The, the, you're asking me, how do I, how do you get in, in control of your schedule? Yeah. Like even what you were talking about yeah. with Jocko, right? Like he has different products and different things and yeah. he has a certain level of autonomy over his time. But how do you even yeah. get to that point? Well, like, I think, I think for me, like it's something I've, I've spent a lot of time on. Cause like I went from like, you know, I had this photo booth company, right. And three years ago I was two or three, two ish years, two ish years ago. And then excuse me, two ish years ago. And then like the three years before that spent every weekend night working photo booth events. Mm. And during the week I'd be emailing, trying to build the business, just had no life, but especially the weekends. Like I was, I was giving up, excuse me. I was giving up, you know, 10, 12 hour days every weekend all year. But I knew like in those moments that, that it would be worth it. And I, if I do this work, I wouldn't have to do it one day. And that's kind of like where I'm at now with my business. Like I've, I've really prioritized the time component. And so, you know, I run this rental company, which is like, I think I run it in a super non-traditional way, which is like, I don't, don't have, we don't have a warehouse. We don't have any full-time employees. We, we don't have, I, I personally don't go to any events anymore. I am doing my best at rarely going to actually check on the equipment. And I've really tried to build the business all around building up the time, get, getting me more time so I could do the right things to actually grow the company. Mm-hmm. And so I think in terms of having a lifestyle like that, you just have to like, most people don't go through like the friction of like, you have to like go through the friction of getting that time back. It's not just like, it's hard. It's hard to create time for yourself. But I, th- I think you have to go through some process. And mm. once you do it, then you have that time. Mm. I know from, I know from following you on Twitter, on Instagram, you speak a lot about like obsession, like being obsessed. Do you think, like, do you think that, are you almost saying that component of being obsessed up front and this is like your whole life, that then creates the time later on? Like, what would you say to that? Yeah, like, I would say that when I talk about obsession, like, I think I have to do a better job of explaining it. Like, I talk about it more of like an activity than an actual thing you're obsessed with. Like, I think mm. it's okay to have multiple obsessions over your life. But it's about like, in the moment, that's all you're doing. And you're willing to be a little abnormal and seen as a little weird because you're fully like, going all in on this thing. And I think if you look at like anyone who's done something really great, almost all of them have this one thing in common, which is they like, spent this time like usually like alone and just obsessed over this thing and yeah usually like when you're trying to get that leverage on your time you do have to go through that process yeah of obsession and and just pure focus and but like i said it's it's usually more than that it's usually there's there's something intricate that you have to figure out to to free yourself up sometimes it's the simplest thing but like tim ferris has this quote like what is the one decision that makes all the other decisions unnecessary i love that Mm -hmm. quote and it's just like such a good point on leverage When's like, do you have an example when you've kind of applied that? Like you made like one decision and it like freed all these other things up? Yeah. Like with my, well, with my company and I'm sure if anyone owns a business, like relate, like we've just sold less and less things and it's made the business grow so much more. And now the company is becoming this, it's really as of next year, we're still like figuring out how we're going to brand everything in terms of like keeping our old name, blah, blah, blah. But uh, we're basically just going to be doing one service. And by doing that, it's going to enable us. This one service is like 90% of our events now. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of a no-brainer. Like we're going to focus on that. And yeah, so doing that, there's other examples. I'm trying to think of one. I don't know. But just, yeah, just relentlessly simplifying like my processes. 
I mean, the simplest thing is like just offering less in a company, like let you scale more. And that's something that's hard to get at first because at first, and maybe there's an argument that at first you should offer more things, try to get stuff out there, see what works. The less I've offered, the more my company has grown. And um, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, like, how did you, how did the business even come about? I know you said that you worked in something similar before. Like, how long were you even working in that field before? And then what made you make the jump to doing your own thing? Yeah, I, I worked for this this company for two years. It was a photo booth company, pretty old school, and had a great experience working for them. It was my first like real decent paying job. And then went up went upstate to Binghamton, New York, to college to finish school. Originally from Long Island, which is where I worked for that company. And then I started the business up there. Spent all my five k that I had and built this photo booth. And then just started ripping events up in Binghamton, Syracuse area in New York. And I was trying to go to med school at the time because uh, long story short, I was playing soccer in school, got hurt a lot, didn't play that well, and then was going to go to med school. And then, but while I was doing that, I was also trying to build this business. And then when I was about to graduate, well, I did graduate, not a dropout. I would have honestly liked to have been a dropout. It would have been more fun to say, truthfully. But I got my degree in neuroscience. Uh, yeah, you're definitely not a dropout. That's like a, no, but that's I'd like the opposite a of a dropout. It's, 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 it's more fun to say you're a dropout. Like, yeah, I made it, still, still a dropout. But no, yeah, so I started in Binghamton then. When I moved it home to Long Island in the city, that was when the business really took off. And how I grew it, like, really, like, like I'm, I'm obsessed that if you want to grow a business, like, you need to, and this is all over Twitter, but just, like, these sweaty, boring services, they're so ripe for opportunity for young people to come in and just be decent at, you know, the internet, Google ads, get reviews. And so that was how we started, just, you know, hustling, getting reviews, getting testimonials, you know, mainly Google ads, where heavily, we do rely heavily on paid ads. Because there are a lot of photo booth companies. It's a, actually a pretty commoditized thing. And so how we grew it, because like I said, it is super commoditized. You know, people are offering what we offer for literally like 400 bucks, 500 bucks a night. And it's a very similar thing. But how we did it, which is what I'm proud of, because I've said this many people, like the photo booths were not an amazing opportunity. Like there are way better opportunities that could have started, but it was my first thing I did. And, but I am proud of how we've grown it, which is specifically through these specific branding of packages that not a lot of photo booth companies are doing, really none were. And I can give some specific examples. So like one thing we did was like the first TikTok photo booth. Like if you Google that, our company will come up first. We created this like custom TikTok experience and we don't do that as much anymore. I, I It was getting pretty popular. I didn't want to run into any legal issues, honestly. And also, not that I think we would have, but, and also it was just, it was too difficult to um, subcontract and outsource, but that was cool. So that was just like made that from scratch and then you're renting that out for 1400 a night. Like that was awesome. And just other things that we've done with the branding has really grown the business. That's that's a long rant, but I can go into more specifics if you want. <laughs> yeah. So that's what you would say. I'm always curious when people go into businesses like what you said, it's quite commoditized. It's like difficult to to stand out. Like what would you say is your edge if you had to say? Yeah, n- now it's now it's like relentlessly focusing on like I'm going for like high-end brides. And so now when I talk about the branding, packages we do this thing called the glam booth you can look on our website it's in my bio on twitter and instagram actually there's i recently put a link to it because you know why not i'm gonna set up a referral program too soon because i think that'll be cool if someone knows someone getting married you know why not i never really integrate the photo booth and the promotion and my content but i should there's no reason not to but oh so what i was saying so this glam booth is becoming super popular it was popularized by this company called mirror mirror that went on shark tank they're extremely high budget and we're trying to be like kind of the mid-tier, which is still thousands of dollars more than that bottom commoditized price. 
And uh, basically what the business model is becoming is, like I said, no no warehouses, no full-time employees. We do have a lot of our own equipment and staff. I have like seven, eight guys working, but we're really scaling it throughout the country through a network of subcontractors. Because basically, long story short, and this is what can help someone who has a business. Um, we're finding something that's commoditized, which is the photo booth, right? Thousands of photo booth companies in the country. And we're building this brand on top of it. Glambooth.com is going to be the brand. And we're already offering this glam booth under our company, which is doing super well. And we're basically able to find these subcontractors who are able to deliver the service, but don't understand the branding necessarily. But we can really increase our pricing power because we're known for this. And this is what these people who are planning these big weddings, $100,000, $200,000 weddings, this is what they're looking for. Mm. And it's just about saying no. Like, it's hard. Sorry to you. Like, it's hard saying no to smaller events, you know? when it's still like very good money. But that's how that's how we're going. The business is just only taking these really high-end clients. Yeah. You know what I'm curious about is because the way that you speak about things, you seem like very strategic and that you also know kind of like what's happening in the space, like what's getting you traction versus what's not getting you traction. I'm just curious, like how do yeah. you make decisions? Like how do you learn like how do you even know what information to prioritize over another piece of information it's hard it's like the biggest struggle of my life <laughs> like not wanting to like learn everything and like consume everything because that's like it's my biggest like what do you want to call it fault maybe i don't know if it's a fault like wanting to learn things but yeah you do have to prioritize i don't know it's just like paying attention like like i said like with these branded packages is really the only reason the photo booth succeeded like it would have been very like average just with Google ads and doing a good job. Just like paying attention. Like I love this Paul Graham quote when he's talking about startup. You've probably seen his blogs, right? Yeah. And he has one like amazing idea, which is like when you're trying to come up with ideas, like keep like a second shoulder over yourself or like a person over your shoulder, like looking out on the world, looking for gaps and things that like are, are opportunities. And it's not like I actually like constantly have that in mind, but like I would go to these photo booth events and I would see all these kids using TikTok. Um, and I'm like, hey, like, why don't I just make a TikTok photo booth? Like, they're freaking doing it right there. Like they should be they're in the photo booth just sitting here. So that's how I did that. We did another, we we do another other things with like this very special like type of decor with like these head walls and neon signs. You've probably seen that at weddings, that style. Mm. We were one of the first photo booth companies to like integrate that into the photo booth company. Found like a really easy way to do it without trucks, without warehouses, um, setting up these gorgeous like flower walls and neon signs. And like that's something where like I saw it at events. I'm like, huh, like people really like this. Like I should probably integrate this. And so I think it's just like looking, like reading between the lines of things and not just like like taking yourself out of autopilot of life. You know what mm. I mean? And like looking around for opportunities. I guess I'm like, I guess like, okay at that. <laughs> mm. You know what I've read? Yeah. It's interesting that you said that because I think it's almost like a mindset and certain people I've noticed, it's like they see opportunity everywhere. Like they walk down the street and they see some guy that's like, I don't know especially if you live in New York, like there's so many things always happening. You see some guy like, doing some weird performance, but people are loving it. They might look at that and be like, and pick out a few things that he's doing, which they can then apply to something else that they're doing. It's like your mind is kind of always alert to different opportunities, different learnings. And I guess that's kind of what you're, what you're saying. That's how you like see opportunity. And then you're good at like bringing that into your business and applying it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, like, there's so many, there's so much more to do. Like, I, I just feel like what I've done is like, there's so much bigger things to do, you know? But yeah, like, I, I guess, I guess so. You're just getting started. I like that. Okay, cool. I think, I think so. Yeah. And I, you know what I find interesting? One of the things you said earlier on in the conversation is that like these kind of boring, like not exciting or like 
trendy businesses. There's like so much opportunity. And I think it's interesting taking that piece of information and then taking what you've done with your business, which is like a kind of commoditized, and, and tell me if I'm getting this right. You've almost taken like a commoditized business and because you have an understanding of how it works from your experience, but then you also understand like the marketing and branding aspect, it's like you've almost brought this boring business into like the modern world and you know how to like package it yeah. to people in the correct way. And Yeah, that's the opportunity. Yeah. But the thing I think I'm thinking as well is like you can do that with any in a lot of different industries, right? Like there's probably a lot of opportunities to do that. There's so many. Like I know so many people doing it. My my best friend is he was struggling for a while. He had like different businesses, nothing really took off. He tried doing a beverage company, really hard business. But now he about a year ago, he was learning how to fix hot tubs at a job. He was doing this job, didn't love it, but he was he was doing this job taking care of homes and he he learned how to fix hot tubs. And then he's like, Hey, why don't I start? And I always told him for years, like I said, you need to start a service company. You're so he's he's like he's one of those people like He's so good with service. Like he'll send a client like a hundred texts, like how to do something and won't even charge, like that type of thing, you know? And he learned how to fix hot tubs and then started the hot tub repair company. And this dude is freaking killing it. It's crazy. And he just taught himself on YouTube. He had no training. He taught himself how to freaking change hot tub boards, like electrical boards on YouTube. And this kid is killing it. Like, and, and there are so many opportunities like that. I, I like calling them like YouTube startups. Just freaking learn on YouTube and go. And like, yeah, there's a lot. The thing I'm, I, I feel like, okay, because, and the thing is, I think you're a really good person to speak to this because I think a lot of people want to do their own business, but it's like, you're afraid, which I completely understand. You're afraid. And then you're also like procrastinating kind of, you're like, I don't know what my thing is. I don't have an idea. I'm like, you obviously had the photo booths, your friend had the hot tubs. Like, how does someone find their thing that they should do? Yeah, I mean, it's super hard. I think that's the hardest thing. I think every, almost everyone you meet is struggling with that in some way. Like, you know, me, I walked into it. I got this job because of that friend, actually. That friend worked for this photo booth company like seven, eight years ago. And and he learned a skill of the job. And so I think one piece of it is just doing enough shit that you're actually getting out there and like trying stuff and like just not sitting still. You know what I mean? Sitting still is where like nothing happens. I mean, look, you can look at like the hedgehog thing, like, you know, Jim Collins, like what you what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs. That's great. But you've probably heard that before. Like I hate hearing that on podcasts. I don't hate it, but it's just like I heard it so many times. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's like there are gaps. There is gaps of things. I, I lately I've been like obsessed with SEO because like it's a big part of how we're building the company now. And you, you can go on Ahrefs, just get a free trial and just start ripping service categories. Like if you, and you can look, if you're listening to this, if you've never done SEO, it's really easy. Just you go on, you put in the search term in the keyword explorer on, on Ahrefs and you're just going to look at, like I said, you can get a free trial and do this, just, just cancel your card. And you can see how many people are searching for this. You can see the trend line and you can see how difficult the the keyword difficulty number, how hard it is to rank. If you look at hot tubs, it is insane. This thing skyrocketed with COVID and there's like the keyword difficulty is like two. Like it's like there's nobody competing for this. You know what I mean? So that's like a good like technical way to do it. Um, yeah. I, I mean like the home service stuff is amazing because it's just people are, you can't get people to work on your homes, you know, in some places, in many places. I like all that stuff. Yeah. 
You know what's interesting? And I've used this a few times, but I think it's so good. I need to find something else because I feel like I'm using it on too many podcast episodes. But <laughs> that's all good. But Sean, Sean Puri, he has this, this tweet he did like a few weeks ago. And he said motion and then direction, which is like a lot of people try and start with the direction piece. Like they want to know what they should do up front. They want to know the career path, all the steps up front. And he was like, you kind of need to do it the other way around where you just start doing a bunch of shit and like the motion almost creates direction. From you doing all of this stuff, there'll be certain learnings, there'll be certain things that you're just naturally better at doing. And then that kind of informs the direction. And I think it just goes to the point of like, you just have to get started. Like you just have to start moving. And I think one of the things that holds people back is they kind of get like paralyzed. Like the fact that they don't know what to do. And I've definitely had this so many times, which is why I speak to it. It's like, you just get stuck. You, because you don't know the next step, you just get stuck. I'm curious for you because I think you talk a lot about like procrastination and like, I remember you had one tweet when you were like, if you're like hesitant about calling, like call immediately. If you're hesitant about texting, text immediately. Like it's like, it's just do it now. I'm curious, like what's your, like when do you procrastinate? And then what is your method of like cutting through of just like getting it done? Yeah, I mean, I procrastinate with a lot of the, the photo booth work that I don't like doing, which is the work that I'm like constantly, like we talked about before, like I'm constantly figuring out how to do less of, you know? constantly figuring out how to like you know manage my time better but um, when i do have to do it i will usually just force myself to sit down usually late at night or first thing in the morning and just rip through things as quick as possible <laughs> i don't know if that's a lame answer but just like rapid fire like that's i guess i think the best way to do it i also think though like i tweeted the other day like if you can get yourself in a zone of like responding immediately to things that you can it really helps your like your mind because like if you don't do that it just like these things load on load in your brain and it's just like comes heavy but if you can just like rip responses sometimes i'm not the best at that but sometimes i am and i'll get in like a good flow of doing it you know like over like a few weeks and it you move really quickly you know like i'm the person and i bet you some people you might relate to this like i make a lot of progress really quickly and then sometimes i'll like be kind of slow for a little bit mm. that's just my whole life though i'm just like on and off sometimes you know yeah like obsession and then like all right chill obsession and, and chill yeah you know it's funny i'm like exactly the same like there'll be there'll be periods where I don't feel like I'm moving. And because of the way I am, I get like frustrated. I don't like it when I don't feel like I'm making progress. And then it's like I'm sprinting and things are happening so fast. And it's like you're achieving the things that you always wanted. And then it's still again. It's exactly what you were talking about. Okay. I want to I want to switch gears away from the business and go towards the content. You spoke earlier about like there was this spark that made you start producing like content online mm-hmm. of like your girlfriend at the time had like, <laughs> uh, wasn't a girlfriend, but yeah, a girl I was seeing it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she had like 10,000. She's definitely followers. listening to this, you know, so she's definitely listening. So. <laughs> Just have to put those disclaimers <laughs> out there. So yeah, the girl you were seeing at the time had like 10,000 followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm curious because there's like different ways, right? In any field to get to the same point so what i mean by that is like the way that she got to ten thousand followers i'm assuming is different from the way that you got to ten thousand followers dude i deleted all the bikini pictures i swear (laughs) you know you have to go back (laughs) so so i'm curious like how when you were initially starting out 
Because I think there's a lot of people that listen to the pod. They want to build their own audience. They want to find their own, like, their own niche, their own segment of Twitter, of Instagram, whatever platform they want. Like, how did you start out? Like, how did you even, like, you have a very distinctive style. Sure. Like, how did you even find that? Yeah, I, I started cause I, specifically. And, like, the girl, the girl thing is, like, kind of a joke, half a joke. There were, I think I probably would have done it either eventually either, otherwise. But I saw this account that was doing these infographic posts. And they had like 130,000 followers. And I just thought, like, I could make these. I, I later learned that, like, I didn't know how to, like, read engagement at the time. And so, like, I later learned that, like, most of those followers were fake. Like, they weren't really real. But so I looked at them as, like, a model. And if you look at my first post, they're still there on my page. It's just, like, these cheesy infographics, like, six healthy habits, read, walk. You know what I mean? And I just iterated from there. Like, I, I made, like, the most weird posts, like, Okay, speaking of something that made me think of like, you know, uh, Jordan Peele, he has a new movie coming out this, this weekend. I'm yeah. seeing it tomorrow. Nope. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, I literally made a post about his old, his old, this is when I started. I started it. It was last movie, Us. He had a movie. Great. I love, I love all his films. I literally made a move, a post about that movie. I don't think it's on the page anymore, but like, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just, I was doing stuff though. And yeah, like, I think when you're starting out, the, the real work is finding something that actually works, you know? And what clicked for me at first was I was really the first person on Instagram making content about like um, David Goggins, Jocko Willink, Andy Priscilla, that whole like, you know, like niche of, I don't know what you want to call them, but just people. There was, mm -hmm. And I was making content for them, literally. Like I was making quote, really nice quote posts and videos and they would reshare a lot of it. And then that's like the initial spark, I think, like the initial thing that was new. Like the first post that took off was like a picture, a post of David Goggins. And this was like three years ago, you know? And he was still big then, but not as big. And then I just kept going with it. And I started sharing my own thoughts over time, you know, and, and some of those people like Andy Priscilla shared some of my own stuff over time. And that's just how it happened. You know, I found my voice just through like creating, I think. Yeah. Okay. I'm curious. I think every content creator goes through this. How long was the period of like, when you're posting stuff, and it's just going into like a black hole, like no engagement really like no real traction i had i had like ten thousand followers by like i would say i would say five to six months in and so the period with nothing maybe like two months i don't remember the early days that well i just remember i was like posting a lot i definitely did like a paid bot for like the first like two, maybe 100 followers 200 followers i'll put that out there <laughs> but then i like realized like if i shouldn't do this and like stopped it but those things are hard to turn off. Though. I remember I was like using, I was like paying, I was like, it was kept going and it was so annoying. It took forever to get rid of. But, um, but no, the, all the files are real. It was just like when I started it. So I did do that. But I don't think that had like a big effect on the growth. I would do like the engagement groups, you know, like you share someone's post, you know what I mean? Yeah. That type of like, just like, I don't know, it's scrappy stuff, honestly. And yeah. uh, I think you kind of have to do some of that when you're starting. Yeah. And, and I think that's, I think, the thing I've taken away is like, you're really good at like figuring stuff out, like seeing what works, doubling down on that, and then managing to like scale it, ride the wave, then find the next thing that Thanks. works and continue going for that. And I'm just, I think it's such a, it's such a powerful skill to have. Like, what do you think makes you so good at that? Yeah. And like, like I appreciate the compliment. I don't think I'm like a genius at it or anything. And also like, so what makes me good at it? Like to answer your question, like one thing that someone complimented me on, you know, Danny Miranda, yeah he on twitter he's he's a good friend of mine he, he complimented with my like eye for like design and i think that's like a good example of it like like seeing what works on other types of content and mm -hmm. and kind of 
not just not necessarily stealing, but just like taking inspiration from it and like recognizing, not just like consuming, but like studying almost like seeing things. So you're not just scrolling. You're actually like analyzing like, oh, like this font is really good. This style is really good. Oh, I'm going to look on this Instagram page. That's a lot like mine. Oh, what is his best post from his last 20 posts? Oh, I should probably do something like that. It's working for him. Stuff like that. That's not almost, I don't think, I don't think most people do that that much. And especially not people who are like struggling. And that type of thing is like hard to teach kind of. But yeah, it's like we said earlier, always having that like third eye open and, and looking at that stuff is important. Yeah. I think, but look, I'll be honest, like my Instagram growth, a lot of this is just because I, I put out a lot less stuff now, but it's pretty, it's kind of getting, it's not as high as it used to be at all. It's been pretty flat, growing a little bit the last few months. And so, you know, I'm going to have to do it again. I'm going to have to find something new again that works really well. And a, a lot of that's because I don't put, I could just put out more stuff, which is probably the simplest thing, but there's always, you, it doesn't stop. Like you're always going to have to innovate in new ways, I think. You know, I'm going to ask kind of a selfish, I feel like it's one of the benefit. one of the benefits of having like your own podcast is like, you ask the questions that you're like, I kind of want to know this for me personally, because I think I'm one of those people, I think like you have flashes where you might get a bit of success. Like for instance, I had like a tweet thread like a year ago that got like quite a bit of traction. I think the thing I'm working on now is like building the system around it so I can be consistent and always be, I think, especially when you're producing content, it's very important to be like consistently posting. I'm curious. It's everything, especially, especially when you're starting. It's, it's everything. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm curious, like once you find something that works, especially because you have like other business ventures and things that you're working on, how do you then build the system around it where it's like, okay, I'm going to tweet every day and it's going to always be coming out and I'm going to be posting on Instagram. Like, how do you build the system so that you can be consistent? Well, I feel like for me, like, it, you're, are you referencing me in that sentence? Yeah. 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 Like, I feel like I don't produce a lot. I, I think that's just a fact. I don't produce that much. I tweet a few times a day and I post maybe once or twice a day on average. Not every, not lately though. Sometimes it's maybe five, six times a week. But, uh, but to answer your question, because there are times where I have been super like on it. A lot of it, I think also is just like committing like, like, okay, when I started, I committed to doing like a post every day for like a year. I don't remember the exact timeline, but I'm like, I'm going to post every single day, no matter what, no matter what I have to post, I'm going to get something up. And I knew that that would lead to something. So that's one part, just like the relentless, you know, just showing up consistency. Number two is like putting like kind of like almost like the back end, like putting yourself in the right places that you know you'll make something. And so like, like I try to not, I really try not to do this like type of content. It was just like manufactured, like posting the same stuff, posting just nonstop. Like, like I try to only post when I actually have something to say. And I try not to repeat myself too much in like, that's not like a new way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so with that, like, for like right now, it's very authentic. Like I'll have an idea and I'll just rip it on Twitter. And so a lot of the process, like you said, like you asked, I think is just like putting yourself in the right states and just being ready to like have ideas and then and the put like the putting yourself in the right states is the important part so that could be like going for a walk that could be work for me it's like working out a lot usually i'll get a lot of ideas like before or after that i'll get a lot of ideas when i'm just working a lot like if i'm in one of those places where i'm like doing all these big decisions right away sometimes things will just like come then and then just having like the willingness to not like have it be perfect and just like you know get it out there that's that's mm-hmm. a big one too you know, no one, that's a big thing too. I think a lot of people struggle with is just like the caring what people think about your content. You have to just like, I mean, I've still struggled with that in some ways, I think, but like, you just have to be willing to do it. No one is thinking that much about it. That's the truth. And yeah. Yeah. 
You know, one thing I, this is kind of a side note. I remember reading a tweet of yours. I think it was recent when you mentioned something about like, in order to be very successful at something, sometimes you have to go through a period of like isolation. Mm-hmm. And I think I really resonated with that because I feel sometimes when you have everyone's opinion in your mind and you're like always around people and you're always distracted, it's hard. I guess what I'm saying is, is like to be successful, you really have to be authentic. And sometimes it's like there's too much noise around you for you to really get to the root of what you do. And I feel like sometimes when you're isolated, it's like, it sounds weird to say, but you like become more of yourself because you're only with yourself. Like there's not, you don't have the same influences and things around you. I like that a lot. Mm. You become more of yourself. It's it's totally true, man. Like I, I would say I'm definitely an introvert. Like I, excuse me. And lately, like I have less and less of that time, but I contribute a lot of like my growth as a person to just spending a lot of time alone, you know? Mm. Yeah. And I think one, and I kind of want to, maybe we can end on this, which is like, you spoke about like most of your ideas come when you're like at the gym working out. And I'm sure there's like a lot of routines and habits in your day that kind of allow you to do what you do. And I think it's definitely something that I'm becoming more cognizant of, which is like the weeks when I go to the gym three to four times a week and I'm like drinking a lot of water and I'm going on walks and getting out of my apartment tend to be way better weeks. I'm curious from your perspective, like what are some of those small habits, routines that you think allow you to like be who you are and be your best self? I, I think the diet is like super underrated. Like like understanding how to manage your energy levels almost like it's like a computer. Like it's super it's kinda hard if you don't really work on it. But like see so yeah, like I I really like fasting in the morning, not eating. I feel like that's when I'm like very clear headed. Lately I stay I've been up I've I i have super late work sessions. I feel like that's like getting pretty common. Like you hear that nowadays. I hear it more and more. It's people like you feel most productive at night. So I'd say like the small things, like I really do like that time, like isolated, like it's super hard during the day. There's just so much coming in, so much inbound. You have a girlfriend, like it, it's, there's a lot. And then having that time, like either early in the morning, for me though, lately, it's mostly late at night, that like, you know, 10 p.m. to like 2 a.m. time. And even if you're a little tired the next day, you don't have to do it every day. But having those times throughout the week is when like, I feel like I get a lot of like my big picture thinking done. Just like you said, there's no influences done. But else? one little thing I've been doing, this is just like a fun one, not a fun one, but like. So I'm fasting and then I eat just like, I've been eating just like a huge meal of like ground beef, like super lean ground beef midday, like, yeah. like 150. Cause I hate getting a protein. Like I've always struggled with that a lot because you know why specifically I love caffeine. And so like, sometimes I will suppress your hunger a lot, mm-hmm. but I will have this huge thing of meat midday. Like try it. If you never have just like stuff yourself basically without like dying. <laughs> and that like fuels me the whole day. So that that's yeah. been one thing, but no, very low carbs. So it doesn't, stuff you too much and yeah those are like the weird things i think I, don't know, I think what you said on like energy management is so key especially when we uh, some of the yeah. other things we've spoken about with like consistency being able to do things for a long period of time i think when i was younger one problem i would have because kind of similar to you i get i'll get like obsessive about things like i'll be like thinking about it in the shower like i'll be thinking about it like everywhere i am and i used to have a problem where i'd always like burn out like it would be, it was too much. Mm. I'm curious for you, do you, like, what are those like hard moments? Like, do you ever kind of feel like burnt out or feel that you're, you said you work on like the weekends and stuff. You feel like you're missing out on certain things. 
And like, how do you cope with that? Like, how do you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want the hard moments. Yeah. They used to be a lot worse. Like I, I don't work on the weekends anymore, really. Like I, like I, I, you know, I manage people, but like, for like, like I said, like the lot of like the last seven years was me working every weekend. And I don't know, like, I think a lot of it's just keeping the in mind where it's going, like where, where you're trying to get to, you know, that makes the hard work like less painful. Was that your question? Like, how do you deal with like the hard stuff? Like the, those hard moments? Oh, you said like when you're burning out, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's like burnout and then also like missing out on certain things. Oh, yeah. I think we've all had those experiences of like, you're working. I've had it with this podcast. Like I'm, I'll be recording something. You're looking on your friend's Instagram and they're at the beach. They're at a party. Yeah. They're at the, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've always been weird. I never felt that. I never really felt FOMO. I f- actually, no, I felt FOMO when I was working those events, but I always knew that if I did that work, I would get to a place where I'd have comp- like a lot of freedom. Like this year, like I've had a lot of freedom for the first time this year because I've been building things the last few years. I haven't had to work. I, I think I went to one event to help train, but and worked one other. But out of like you know all the events we've done, I, I don't I haven't really gone to any, and that's the first time and. And that's what I mean. Like you go through that time and you know that you're going to get to a point where you're going to have more freedom than the person you're, you're jealous of probably, or not jealous of, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Feeling FOMO for, and then with, with burnout, like I think just like, Hey, I don't know. You gotta, you gotta recharge yourself. You, know, you gotta like turn off completely as much as you turn on, you gotta turn off. And I've struggled with that. Like you've probably been up late sometimes like working on something or reading something in your brain. Just like, is like your brain is telling you like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Like the hamster in there is like dying, you know, you gotta give it a break. <laughs> mm, yeah. And I think the other thing, I wonder if you resonate with this. The other thing I sometimes struggle with is like feeling, I don't know. I think when you're trying to improve and get better at things, it almost feels, it's like an endless journey. Like you never feel like you're really done. And sometimes mm. I'll be achieving things. Maybe I'll, I've, I've had this recently where like certain people that I always wanted to speak to, I've got them on the podcast. And it's like, you're hitting these different milestones and you're getting these different things. But then when you reflect on it, it's like, you only think about what you don't have. Like you only think about the things that you still can't do. And I was talking to my brother about it because he was saying he started doing like a gratitude journal just so that he could be like more cognizant of everything that he is doing. I'm curious, do you ever have that where it's like, you're always like chasing something more and accomplishing things it can start to feel almost like a bit empty or like in a sense. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, yeah, it really never ends, you know, as long as you still want things and as long as you want to do bigger, there's always going to be bigger. But I think, you know, there are moments that keep you going. Like I just love the game of getting better and getting closer to like the vision I have for myself in my life. And I think it's like, you know, when you're not making progress though, you, you get stressed and then you're pissed and then you're like, you know, you want to be. And I've definitely had those moments, you know? And yeah, I still have those moments all the time. And yeah. I don't know if that answered your question, but I don't think it ends for, you know, maybe one day it does, but for the right type of person, I don't think that ends wanting to do more. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool, man. I don't know. I I like this. I like this episode because I just think it's like really real. And I think what you were saying about like the boring businesses, I also think it gives people like a framework that you can actually do and you can like apply right now. Like even what you were saying with like the SEO and like finding these different companies. Cause I think there's a lot of people that they want to have that sort of lifestyle where, you know, they're running their own business and they have more autonomy and control over their time and they're working on something that's their own. Yeah. Well, people think like, it's going to be this like horrible thing and you're going to be like, you know, work with your hands all day, but it doesn't have to be that. Like it could be that for the first you know month or so. But like I said, there's a lot of people who 
who offer services but don't know how to do it. And so you can you can build a business, you can build a big business just through subcontract subcontracting. You know, that's kind of like what we're trying to do with the photo booth. There is so much opportunity out there if you're somewhat good, somewhat. By that I mean like read two books or, or the read two books worth of knowledge on like you know tech and and branding and and sales. You know, so much opportunity. Mm. And I also love the fact that one thing I would just add is like you also developed an edge. Like you kind of, I think the way that you're able to learn and like observe, it gives you like an edge. You're able to find something which differentiates yourself from everyone else in the market. That's dope, man. <laughs> it was a pleasure having you on the pod. It's gotta be different. Yeah. Me too, man. Me too. Such a blast. Thanks for tuning in to Behind the Thread. Please subscribe and leave a review. It really helps me grow the pod. Also, let me know who you'd like to see come on the podcast next. I'm Callum. It's been a pleasure. I'll see you on the next one. Oh,